I'm Drew. I'm and I'm Nick. And, and you're, you're listening, listening to the Hour, hour Hive. Our ever-growing ever library of everything, everything one, one hour, hour at a time. One hour at a time. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you do that to yourself? I was looking at John. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the Archive, the podcast that covers everything in the known universe, one hour at a time. Today we're going to be talking about filmmaker Wes Anderson, his movies, the movies that inspired them, and the movie makers that his movies inspired to make movies. I'm your host, Nick Main, and with me are special guests, co-hosts Drew Dedeke and John Crowley. Hello. Hi. Hey, welcome to the show. Thank you. That was the most uh, dynamic introduction I think we've ever had on the archive. We, well, we're not doing the archive. We're not? We're on Nick's show. The archive. The archive. Yeah, we're talking about Wes Anderson this week um you might have heard of him uh in the show notes <laughs> in, the, in the title of this episode <laughs> the way you said that was like everyone's heard of him. um you know before we before we get started uh l- let's do a quick round of elistination I like from now on Drew just does all of them acapella. Um we're going to talk Don't not use this. Don't don't what what don't still not use, use that, that still use the uh, actual thing oh don't use the the here's the thing use <coughs> both of them if i can i should have said this in the percolator but if i can lodge and grumbling at you yeah you cut out the extended version of ashley's comment the theme song oh i was livid i thought you said cut in right now but I wanted the first one to be the full thing. Oh. And you made Nick a liar again. again. Well, you were What did I lie about? Because you Nick go, So you've done it uh, like three times now. So the, you cut my rant out. Editors again. are the have the powers of God. Yeah. Really. yeah. You cut out my rant. I, I caught you, something in the Gaslight episode. John like uh, made a, a gif, a gamble. <laughs> he made a mistake. <laughs> he made a gift, a gamble, <laughs> and uh, it was just like a five-second thing. But he he cut it out. Yeah. Oh, it was um, uh, you Betty Gable, right? Oh, Betty. I couldn't. I couldn't remember. I couldn't remember if it was Betty Grable or Betty Davis. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And he said Grable the first time, but then he cut out his, like... <laughs> his, wait, his, like, Betty, wait Davis? Betty Davis? Betty... No, no, no. So it was a gif, a gamble, <laughs> a gable, a grable. Yes. So you cut uh, out my rant against Nick, so he looks like a jerk later. You cut out the uh, the extended version of, the, of Ashley's Comet theme, and mm-hmm. Nick later is like... He's like he goes. That was long, <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't. 
And then I mean it was like four minutes, but and then you cut out my first acapella Mike Westfall song, and then Nick is like, Oh, I really like both of your acapella <laughs> renditions of that. <laughs> so you keep making Nick look like an idiot on this show. I do that well enough on my own. <laughs> so that's my complaint. So All right. don't not use the Listination original theme. Use it's it. it's very possible that I will not have the capability of oh, that's using right. <laughs> anything. <laughs> oh, that's right. All right. I'm I'm like just now hoping well, that I've backed up those don't not cues. use I'm pointing at myself. Good. The Listination theme. The Listination. Listination. All right, let's listening. Uh, Wes Anderson. Well, you don't know names. You don't know what he was gonna say. No, that's what I'm. I'm suggesting these are different aliases used by Wes Anderson. That's what you were thinking, right? No, we're doing Betty Grable. Wes Anderson movies. Okay. John. Rushmore. Moonrise Kingdom. Uh, Grand Budapest Hotel. Royal Tenenbaums. The Life. Fantastic Mr. Fox. Isle of Dogs. Darjeeling Unlimited. You're out. What? It's the Darjeeling Limited. Shit! (laughs) I'm going to cut out me saying un. (laughs) (laughs) And then you're going to splice in, you win! (laughs) Right after. (laughs) Uh, Bottle Rocket. Out. I win. More? Could he have said the Darlegeing Limited, though? Yes, you could have, but you're out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't count that one. Um, all right. So, uh, Where, did we miss any? I, 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 let me think. No. Did he make anything on Netflix? That well, that wouldn't, wouldn't count. have counted yeah, for yeah. an Oscar, but might don't have consider those an counted for. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, what was your first Wes Anderson movie? Uh, what was after Rushmore? I think that was Ten of Bombs. That yeah. would have been my first. Um, John, which I still haven't seen. Uh, I saw Rushmore in theater. Did you like it? No, really. Yeah, I, I I thought that I would, and I really wanted to. Uh, and, I mean, there are moments in it that I think are good, but overall I, I <coughs> came out of it pretty sullen and upset. <laughs> That's not the movie, is it? That's what? what? Um, we've You and I have discussed there's a movie where you feel like you, you sort of evolved into the current version of yourself. <laughs> Throughout oh, the movie? Yeah. yeah, what was that? I don't know, but you went into it as like young, bright-eyed John who loves yeah, like movies. Yeah, like hopeful and optimistic, and I came out of it just hating everything <laughs> yeah, yeah. from that point yeah. on. Oh, I can't remember what it was. Uh, that that reminds me, uh, Stephanie, uh, one time when she was young, she said that she was like playing with Barbies, and she was with a friend, and they're like playing, and she just stopped and was like, you know what? This isn't fun anymore. Yeah. It was just done with toys forever. Oh, wow. I love that. Loss of innocence. Amazing. With Barbie. Um, What was your first? 
Uh, I saw Bottle Rocket actually before uh, anything. And that was my second one. Was it? Yeah. Um, and I, I didn't love it. Like, um, yeah. it was wasn't that filmed here. That has some kind of local connection. No, it's I feel like it must have been filmed in California. It's Texas. I know. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. Maybe somebody who worked on it is from St. Louis or something. Wes Anderson. Because it, uh, the movie, the poster is hanging in the Tivoli. Really? Um, oh, among all of the other movie posters that have, is he from St. Louis? I think Owen Wilson is. <laughs> <laughs> Which one's in that movie? <laughs> They're both. both yeah. And two other Wilsons, actually. Mm. <coughs> um, but I guess, yeah, before we get into the movies specifically, we should talk about, like, a little bit about his uh, visual and thematic yeah. styles. Do you, uh, I can't, I remember Bottle Rocket. I can't remember too much uh, visually other than, you know, it being shot at this motel. Was it in line with the rest of his aesthetic, do you think? At, or, or or could you see the where that was going? Um, not nearly as, like Rushmore, it starts to take off and roll a ton of bombs. It becomes like the glaringly yeah, obvious. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, things that he's known for are like symmetry is like the major one. Yeah. Um, and actually, I, there's a story about how when he was producing Bottle Rocket, um, there was a shot that he did of like a teacup, I think, mm-hmm. and his producer saw it, and it was just the teacup centered in, in this frame, <laughs> and the producer was like, "There better be poison in that teacup because <laughs> you're, you know, you're it's right. like constant or." Focusing this right. attention on it that is kind of unusual, but um, and yeah, that movie is is kind of a traditional feeling movie. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Although I'd I'd say the characters have um, have the Wes Anderson appeal to them, um, which it's, it's not like. So I would say like Clerks is sort of out of the gate. This is Kevin Smith filmmaking. Yeah. Right. Hmm. Um. But Wes, uh, uh, Bottle Rocket maybe felt less like Wes Anderson. He's still becoming Wes yeah, Anderson. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Becoming Wes Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> it's my new documentary. Um, but it does have like, you know, I I would say most people would use the word quirky yeah, for yeah, him. Yeah. yeah. Um, Off kilter. Yeah. Irreverent. Yeah. Um. And I, th- I think one of the themes is that the adults all act like children and the children all act like adults. Mm. Um, and that definitely has that where, like, the the movie just starts out with um, Owen Wilson breaking Luke Wilson out of a um, mental institution place. And then you find out immediately that Luke Wilson checked himself into it and is free to leave whenever he wants, but he tells the guy working there that he he's got to do this for Owen Wilson because it means a lot to him. And so he climbs down a bunch of bed sheets that have been tied together to escape from it. <laughs> um, and Owen Wilson's like hiding the book, the bushes with some binoculars and yeah. stuff. And, um, and, um, yeah, that was the first movie that the Wilsons did. Um, and Owen did he know them before that or did he hire them for the first time? Uh, no, Owen Wilson actually co-wrote it with him. Okay. Um, and that was something that they'd been working on for a long time. Like he had tried to go to film school and he made a short for uh, Bottle Rocket before they made the movie. Um, 
and he wasn't able to get into film school. But he, I, I'm not exactly sure how he um, managed to raise. I think the budget for it's like seven million dollars, um, and he got James Caan for it. Uh, pretty big actor. I think that's like the only main person in it. Um, Nick Main. The only Nick Main person <laughs> in it. Uh, but but yeah, the the Wilsons were a group of friends, and um, wait, no, of his friends. I'm sorry, okay. they're, they're a group of <laughs> brothers. We guys, we should change our names so that we have the last name, and people think we're brothers. Wow, yeah, <laughs> wow, I like it. Um, in the movie, there's a character called Future Man that is played by Andrew Wilson, and then when I was just going through the cast, I saw another Wilson. I don't know if it's like their dad or yeah. a brother, another brother or whatever. Brother but from another mother. Yeah. Um, and there was also uh, uh, somebody, I can't remember his first name, but a Tenenbaum oh. in it. So then I looked it up and it turns out that it's, I guess he did go to college for a minute because he was a college friend. Um, that uh, University of Texas at Austin, in fact. That's where he went to school? Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, you, Drew, mm. uh, liked Bottle Rocket, didn't like? I was, you know, so I, I actually, it was recommended to me, I was working at a video store at the time, Star Video, um, and I was told... Wait, hold on, I've got to stop and play HQ. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're back. You won $2,500. Yeah. I want to keep doing this. Um, John's befuddled. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what an amazing audible response just then. He went, eh. <laughs> um, uh, it was recommended to me. Um, the guy was like, oh, yeah, you should watch Bottle Rocket. It's fantastic. Like, he, he loved it. Um, and I was fine with it I, I i remember i definitely got bored mm-hmm. um, in bottle rocket i really had to force myself to finish it so this is right this is like 96 or so when that i watched it yeah i guess so yeah or somewhere shortly Actually, thereafter probably, probably maybe 97 ish okay what no you saw it after you saw royal tenenbaums right oh yeah oh maybe i did see bottle rocket first okay so so the thing is, I would have been 16 or so working at that video store. So that would have been 1997-ish, maybe 98. I uh, was just sort of, like, shocked. Like, I was just looking at the timeline for these movies, and, uh-huh. like, I, I was sort of taken aback at the notion that there were still video stores in yeah. nineteen post-1996. Yeah. Obviously, there were. Right. Like, they were around until, there like, now. five years ago. Yeah. Uh, but it just... I've just I sort of I place their demise so much yeah. earlier now. Well, we had a copy of Bottle Rocket, so that's how I how I watched. Yeah, I think I saw it on VHS first. <clears throat> hmm. But yeah, I was I was kind of like eh, this is, you know, actually here's what what it was is is this was a phase in my life where there were movies I had to watch and also had to like in order to be like Oh yeah, I like movies. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. to to sort of. Well, so yeah, that was right around the time that like 
Pulp Fiction had come yeah. out, and there was this. Which weirdly, I felt I didn't need to see. <laughs> well, <laughs> and I still haven't seen it. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. we talked about that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in, in that period after, it was like there's kind of an indie boom, mm-hmm. um, and Clerks was becoming popular, right. and so it was just suddenly there were people who were checking out weird movies made by yeah. small filmmakers like this. Um. So yeah. What's the what's the plot of Bottle Rocket? I it, know that that's he a heist movie. Um, so, uh, God, they're like, uh, James Con's character is this like, um, uh, k- kind of a criminal mastermind, mm-hmm. but he's not really. And he's a Wes Anderson criminal mastermind. Yeah. Um, and so Owen Wilson is trying to get um Luke to work with them and yeah. rob this place that uh is their parents house their dad's house I think um and uh and then when they're doing it uh he ends up stealing all of their stuff and yeah don't, don't it, they, I thought a lot of this movie took place at a motel maybe mm. I'm maybe a portion of cuz he one of them sort of falls for the main Oh yeah 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 that's right. Yeah, Luke Wilson uh is staying at a hotel and meets uh one of the the cleaning ladies. The cleaning ladies. Sort of has <laughs> falls falls in love with her but she doesn't speak English yeah. and he doesn't speak Spanish. And uh <laughs> and then there's a, a guy that uh translates for her and tells Owen Wilson that uh she loves him uh-huh. but he translates it exactly and he says i love you and then it's like <laughs> months later or something uh-huh. owen wilson tells him that this guy told him that he loved him and he realizes that she actually did oh, so yeah. he goes back for okay. it <laughs> wow <laughs> wow wow can you just insert a bunch of wows periodically through it yeah, yeah. wow I'll probably do that anyway um but yeah, the Owen Wilson co-wrote that, and then he co-wrote uh, Rushmore also, um, and that was the one that uh, it's still my favorite. Um, which and that definitely was the n- movie that put him on the map. On the map. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, when Bill Murray read the script, he said that he would do it for free, and did he? Uh, nobody worked for scale, and that's uh, most of his Practically movies. Practically free. <laughs> no. It's the minimum amount they're legally allowed to be yeah, paid yeah. or through the uh actors union or whatever. Yeah. Um Screen Actors Guild. Screen Actors Guild, yeah. Sag. Wow, yeah. how benevolent of you, Mr. Murphy. Murray. <laughs> <laughs> um He's not hurting for money. Well the studio uh wouldn't give them money for a helicopter shot mm-hmm. and Bill Murray gave him a blank check and said you know, mm. whatever it takes. Mm. So he's a nice guy. Or he just wanted to make this movie. Um, he did continue. I, I think he's pretty much in every movie after that. Um, One of the things that tends to put me off of Wes Anderson mm-hmm. movies is Bill Murray's constant inclusion. Well, Wes Anderson, like, collects actors yeah, pretty yeah. much. Like, and, and I... 
That's yeah. a that's an indie yeah, auteur definitely. thing to do. Yeah, yeah to collect your Edgar uh, Wrights, your Kevin Smiths, mm-hmm. yeah. your Quentin Tarantinos. They tend to you just hate loyalty. They collect the same actors. Tim Burton. I mean, you could they, you could toss that back all the way to like Scorsese and Scorsese. Uh, George yeah. Lucas. Marty. Yeah, Uncle Marty. <laughs> Uncle Marty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, I for for some reason. And I don't know why this is. There's probably no rational reason, but it's a, the Bill Murray sort of reverence bugs me. Not Wes Anderson's reverence, just the broader cultural reverence yeah, of yeah, Bill Murray. The, the, yeah, I I don't. I mean, he's a he's an okay actor. I don't know that he, I would agree with the sentiment that he is an excellent actor. He's a great comedic actor. Mm-hmm. Well, I I think it's his charisma. And and I think it's the fact that he, you know, did two decades of comedies and then Wes Anderson's kind of the one responsible for his launch into drama. Oh. Well, okay. Awesome <laughs> translation. Came out after Rushmore. Yeah, but Rushmore is a comedy, so Yeah, but he <laughs> so I see, yeah, yeah you could you I could wager that, that Lost in Translation would not have happened or well, would not have happened in the way that, that it did. Were it not for yeah, and I didn't see that movie Rushmore established Lost in translation yeah. or Rushmore uh, both no. <laughs> well <laughs> he constantly plays like the same guy melancholic yeah, characters the same character um, great a lot of range there Bill yeah <laughs> so I I think maybe that's why people like him uh, he does he kind of either plays himself I think or he plays well no he just seems to play himself. Different versions of himself, yeah. yeah. Sometimes literally, yeah. as in the case of Zombieland. Zombie Land. He's the antagonist in Rushmore, right? Uh, no, um, he's he's kind of like uh, there. There really isn't an antagonist in it. It's, um, I mean, he kind of is because they're both competing for the teacher's love, but right. he's also like helping Max along the way. Um, and, uh, and yeah, one of the things I love about the movie is that it's like, uh, just a, you know, bunch of people that are trying to make their way and, um, and like I said before, they're all kind of mature and childish at the same time. Um, and then it ends with like the, uh, play scene where it's just everybody has come together to make this thing happen and it's like the Hey Jude of movies where it's just like this big production and triumphant and goes on for like 30 minutes. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> But everybody comes out okay. You get a slow motion shot with the kinks playing over it or something like that. And <laughs> you feel good about yourself even though, you know, you went through some shit. <laughs> that, that's a line from the movie where he, he says he was in Vietnam and Max goes... Uh, were you in the shit? And he goes, yeah, I was in the shit. And it's, a, it's just a perfectly delivered line where he's just like, eh. Yeah. Um, I do. I actually, I, it's on a, on a non-existent list of mine to see that movie eventually. All right. It's time for so, another round all right, now, of a listination. If, <laughs> if it were packaged in an all orange mm, box. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But 
the actual movie is blue, uh-huh. would you watch it right now? No. Because <laughs> Wes Anderson likes red and he likes yellow. It's true. Not blue. Hmm. Um, That's true. John, <laughs> have you seen Rushmore? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, well, he said he didn't like it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's he right. was like, yeah. Have, have you re-seen it? Do I you have still not, feel the same way? I've not re-seen it. I, um, so I actively avoid Wes Anderson. Okay. Um, I, I was counting on that. <laughs> okay. And uh, there, there have been, uh, and yet you and yet. live in a Wes Anderson movie. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you really do. Drew and I both noticed that there's, there's a certain thing about John's apartment that just feels not that we're here. Not we're that we're here. Guy. Yeah. We've, but been, we've there. been there. And it, it kind of feels like a Wes Anderson movie. If I were dressing an apartment for a Wes Anderson film... You'd go here first. Or if I needed props for a Wes Anderson film... <laughs> yeah. I feel like I'd get everything I needed. Yeah, I'd have to take some things out. Because I'd be John's like, that's apartment. too Wes Anderson. <laughs> yeah, this is too... You're pushing. <laughs> too on the nose. <laughs> yeah. Huh. I mean... Oh, I was going to say right now I'm looking at. But right now in my mental palace... Yeah, yeah, you're not looking at his apartment because we're not there. We're in the archive. Oh, you're in your memory palace. My memory palace, yes. Um, I'm, I'm picturing a bookshelf. <laughs> there are some <laughs> records. Yeah. There's a ceramic cat with a bonnet. There's a Ouija board. There's a smiling coconut. A Italian cinema book. Some vintage NASA gl- glass things. Some globes. Yeah, a giraffe <laughs> made of ceramic. Uh, did, a, you, did a, you describe the... the Glass head. There's with a glass head. Fairy we, lights inside. Fairy lights. Uh, <coughs> so tell us why you don't like. <laughs> and, and and also there's a over the, a giant hand. Also, Bill Murray's there. Yeah, <laughs> he's sitting on this bookshelf. I but I would. Here's what I'll say, Nick. And this is, I think, what I would argue. I feel like he's John might see too much of himself. Mm. Reflected back. I think you're right. He doesn't like that. Or the presumption that he should. Maybe that's it. That's probably closer to it. If there is, if the la- if the I former exists, the perfect, then I'm not aware of it. I know the perfect movie for you, John. You are going to love it. Like, you will love This is the movie for you. That's what people would say to you about Wes Anderson films. I think I felt that way going into Rushmore. Mm-hmm. I was probably the person who was advocating most to go see that yeah. out of you were like all of the people who were... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't when, wait to curl! And somewhere in the middle of it, I I fell out. Yeah. I when, just When John just went completely to see Rushmore, the movie theater wasn't there, but there was this cave... And he went into the cave, <laughs> and Wes Anderson was standing there, <laughs> and he struck Wes Anderson down, but when Wes Anderson turned around, he had John's face. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> wow. Um, so I think, I, I think a lot of people don't like Wes Anderson, and I think the reason for that for a lot of people, I won't speak for everyone, is that he's easy to hate because he's it's easy to call out what he does, you know? Like, you can parody him, 
and yeah, he's he's very he has a very distinct style. Yeah, and and when people see that, they want to make fun of it, but I think there's more to it than the there's more substance there than the style. Yeah, <clears throat> I, I'll so I also tend to actively avoid his movies. Um, I did not like Royal Tenenbaums. Um, I before for the, for the purposes of this show, I watched Moonrise Kingdom, and I loved it. Um, and I think what 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 makes me resist his movies are they they're sort of very precious, yeah, and very clever, and they're just disgustingly so. so. They are very much movies. Like yeah, he, yeah, he's yeah, not yeah. telling a story; he's making yeah, a that's, movie, that's, and I think well, that's I think, really no, readily I think that's apparent. True and not true. Okay, I think he is telling a story, um, but I think he also really uh, revels in making a movie. And I and I when I was watching Moonrise Kingdom, I was trying to be really aware of the filmmaking of it, and specifically like what the camera is doing because the camera it really draws attention to itself. Yeah, all the time. Like you were never. You never forget that there's a camera involved, right? And and I can't remember if this applies across all his films, but certainly in Moon, Moonrise Kingdom, um, you, I mean, it, I don't know if it literally does this, but you feel like you could feel like the camera shake as it moves, you know, like when it's, you know, he's got it on some kind of uh, pivot point so that he can wheel it around in the center of a room and show different, you know, sides of the room all in one shot. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Or he has it on a dolly so he can pan it. Yeah, you know? a lot of tracking. And um, and that's a choice. You know, uh, it's a filmmaking choice. And if you don't like that choice, I think it's really going to bug you. He also frames things really. Uh, we talked about the symmetry. But he also will, I think he tends to like these shots where the subject, the uh, like the person, character, is really low. Like the camera is sort of... Uh, it should be like a landscape shot mm. and, and mm-hmm. the actor's just in there. Mm-hmm. Um, whether he's, you know, important to the scene or not, he's sort of minimalized by it. Mm-hmm. But it's not like the camera's like high above him. It's just a yeah. wide shot that, yeah. And he's yeah. sort of, it, it, but it, it, you feel it like draws attention to the frame. Yeah. It's making yeah. it very apparent that it's a construct. But yeah. I think what's kind of, I think, what I think he does well is he's really good at, well, he's really good at pointing you where he wants you to be. Mm-hmm. So I notice in the opening sort of shot of Moonrise, Moonrise Kingdom, the camera pans across. You're you're going down a hallway, but you're looking at the wall, and it pans past this alcove, and there's this the cassette player in there, and it's very noticeable. So that when the when it when the camera comes to rest in the middle of a room and this kid walks in with that same cassette player you make note of it mm-hmm. and then that cassette player has a uh, purpose later in the movie mm-hmm. um so i think he's really good at giving you visual information mm-hmm. and 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 everything way, has a purpose everything yeah. is there and intentionally I, and, and weirdly i don't think he beats you over the head with it no like i i think it's it's not necessarily subtle but it's just I feel like he gives you enough, mm-hmm. you know, so that you're, uh, that you've you've got what you need uh, to to go forward in the story. I also think his movies would make really good comics, mm-hmm. um, because they're so visual. Mm-hmm. 
like a, like in Moonrise Kingdom, there's the the scene where Edward Norton, who's the uh, khaki tr- or khaki scouts troop leader, is doing his morning inspections, and they built this treehouse, and it's like on this spindly, crazy tall tree. Yeah at the very top i'm like man that would be an incredible comic panel you know well the all of his movies are very like you're saying intentionally done so that any frame of them yeah yeah, yeah, feels like a a painting or you know a a page yeah 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 um but i i moonrise kingdom i thought was really good like um i loved all the all the different aspects of it the 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 khaki scouts the uh the police force which consists of bruce willis basically um the uh the family that the girl is from i can't remember their name but it's uh bill murray and francis mcdormand are the parents and then they have like four or five kids um but it, it was i especially love the khaki troop stuff because they they sort of act like military yeah. Like, like they are mm-hmm. in the shit basically. <laughs> um, and, and, and you were saying, you know, kids act like adults. And so like the, there are these, a few scenes where the khaki troops, which are children are, you know, talking like, uh, seasoned, uh, soldiers in the middle war of vets, the war. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> uh, but I was surprised how much I liked it. I didn't, I didn't expect to dislike it necessarily. I was just, really taken by it were you uh were you impressed or were you charmed would you say oh wow that's a good question because i think he's like he is a very charming filmmaker i was not i mean i was charmed but that was not the predominant yeah feeling i was impressed i I was impressed by it i i want to disagree with john about everything really in life (laughs) but um specific specifically about um (laughs) him just making movies that are just movies because i do think that the stories are very personal to him and no i i agree i'm just i i didn't mean that to imply that he's not telling a story i just mean that he it 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 exists solely as a movie like that story doesn't translate the way that it does as a film to something else he couldn't write that story and have it appeal the way that it does as a movie unless it's a comic drew unless it's a comic unless it's a comic okay so maybe it's It's a strictly visual visual, yeah yeah, Mm -hmm. delivery couldn't be a album (laughs) could be a photo album (laughs) podcast (laughs) i i do like you know one of the things i like about rushmore and moonrise kingdom is the focus on childhood Mm -hmm. um I think that's kind of a strongest well, and, suit to and me. The feeling as a child, you feel like you're an adult already. Yeah. And mm. and and Moonrise Kingdom certainly exemplifies that idea. Yeah. Um that was actually his uh <coughs> smallest budget movie. Hmm. Did Bill Murray work for free? Uh pretty much everybody in his movies works for scale. Yeah. But not free. Not free. Yeah. Um, and they do their own $500,000. They do their own. (laughs) What is scale? Do you know? Uh, I think it depends on the actor. Yeah. Like there's some sort of, it's probably still hundreds of thousands of of dollars. No, no, no. It's, it's like, like, uh, I think 800 or something is the 
bare minimum. $800? $800, yeah. If you have a, a line in the movie, if you have a speaking mm. role. Uh, but yeah, I was going to say that uh, everybody does their own makeup, too. Um, except when they did Grand Budapest Hotel, uh, Tilda Swinton is aged in it. And so he went like all out getting the best makeup people for that. Um, and they also rented a full hotel for everyone in the cast to stay at. And the guy who ran the, I think the guy who owned the place, uh, has a small part in the movie as somebody who works behind the desk. Mm -hmm. And so they would like film all day with him behind the desk and then they would all leave and he'd be behind the desk when they got back. Uh, Grand Budapest, I think, is the highest budget. That that feels like the one that's the most, you know, produced. Lavish. Yeah. yeah. I haven't seen that one yet. Um, that is probably the only one that I would say that I like. It's... Of the ones that I've seen, anyway. Just decadent in its detail and color and production. Like, um... Actually, I, there was a story about um, the... Uh, there's a chocolatier in it that, uh, so anyway, there's a graphic designer who did all the production in it. And she talks about how like they did, it ended up being like maps Mm -hmm. and stamps Mm -hmm. and newspapers where they had to look at newspapers at the time and design around that. And, and, but anyway, one of the things was this, uh, chocolate box and there's a scene in it with the, um, uh, this like concierge boy and another character and they're just like completely covered in these chocolate boxes and it's just everywhere and after they film they finished filming Wes Anderson called her up and said uh hey <laughs> there was a misspelling on the chocolate box oh no uh, I think it's patisserie uh-huh. was that the right word. Is I'm looking at John, our local linguist. <laughs> uh, she misspelled it. And so they had to fix it in post. And so they CG'd out. Oh, wow. A bunch of it. Oh, I thought you were going to say, like, so she had to make hundreds more yeah. with no. the correct spelling. And then no. they had to reshoot it. Yeah. Um, um, speaking of chocolate. Uh-huh. I feel like... Wes Anderson's films could fit into the Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory verse. Uh, yeah, I, I would bet. Well, no, actually, okay. speaking. So uh, that's yeah. by Raul Dahl, right? Raul Dahl. Raul Dahl. It's a possible name to say. No one has <laughs> ever said it correctly. Um and uh, and he did Fantastic Mr. Fox, which is an adaptation mm. of mm-hmm. that. And mm. that was actually the first book he ever owned. Mm. So that, and when he made Rushmore, he said that um, that uh, he and Owen Wilson were trying to make a, a like adult version of a <laughs> book, uh, where it had a kind of a fantasy element to it. So that's yeah, a I can see that. Good observation, mm. Drew. The aesthetic is very similar. I mean, partly because that that one movie was made in the sixties, I think. Seventies. 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 Yeah, seventy-one. Well, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like it's the sixties. 
Well, that's because Britain's so far behind. Yeah. That's what oh. it is. And I think he he tried to get um Gene Wilder to play uh Gene Hackman's role in Royal Tenenbaums. Mm. He had to have a Gene. Yeah. <laughs> Wilder or Hackman. Uh he originally wrote it for Gene Hackman, but Gene Hackman didn't want to do it. Oh wow, really? Yeah, he said um he, he was he had met with him while he was writing it mm-hmm. and Hackman said that he uh didn't like people to write roles for him. Mm. Um and so he was just like I'm not going to do it and he kept writing it for him and then he kept saying no and they eventually like pressured him into it and he was kind of a dick on set. <laughs> Um, and one of the reasons he said he didn't want to do it was because, <laughs> <laughs> uh, because the character is like kind of a dick to his family mm-hmm. and Gene Hackman felt like he had had some shortcomings with raising his family. Mm-hmm. And uh, and he actually went to his family first and said, is this going to make you feel uncomfortable if I take this role? And they told him to take it. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And then Bill Murray <laughs> uh, stayed on set even when uh, he wasn't in a scene mm-hmm. because he felt like Hackman was kind of bullying him a little bit and he didn't want him to, you know, push him. So bullying, bullying Bill Murray, Wes Anderson. Wes Anderson yeah. Oh. <clears throat> wow. <laughs> Bill Murray. <laughs> uh, so what, what other ones have you seen? Have you seen uh, fantastic Mr. Fox? I have, yeah. I have not. I, I like that. A yeah. lot. That was a lot of fun, and, and, and I, I'm I have not watched any trailers for Isle of Dogs. Isle of Dogs is that the joke? I love dogs. Isle <laughs> of Isle of Dogs. I love dogs. Is that the joke? It might be. What's the joke? the joke? Isle of Dogs. Isle of Dogs. Say it. I love dogs. No, no, no. Say it. Isle of Dogs. Isle of Dogs. It comes no, out. Say, I'm trying. I can't. Isle of dogs. There you go. Uh, but I, but I, you know, I, I'm, I'm excited to see another. You uh, love dogs. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, that was. I feel like what was interesting about Fantastic Mr. Fox is all of his movies are very quirky, right, and very sort of dry, and um, this. I don't know if it was by virtue of the fact that it was animated, but um, it felt very like, like he felt like he was like, oh my gosh, it felt like he was having a bit more fun, um, mm. both in the in the the sort of script and the scenes and stuff like that, like more jokey, like like straight up, you know, this is meant to be funny type stuff, more animated, yeah, yeah, humor, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like mm. I'm thinking of the the. The scene where um, I think he's Mr. Fox is with the badger or whatever, like you cussing me or something. Like oh that. yeah, that's uh, he. He doesn't uh, have cuss words in it. They just use the word cuss yeah. in place of cussing. <laughs> yeah. And there's a and they, scene like with a uh, graffiti in the background <laughs> that just says cuss. <laughs> uh, so when they did the audio for that they actually like filmed on location and went out into the woods mm. rather than do it in the studio. Okay. Um, but then when they were doing the animation for it afterwards, he apparently wasn't like on set very much. And the, uh, studio that was doing it felt like he would just like 
send them emails and be like, eh, just make the movie. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wes Anderson? Yeah. Wasn't on set much? Yeah. Because, you know, it's stop motion, so it takes forever to do. And he I, was just like, ah, you've seen my movies. He's impatient. I'm yeah. kind of surprised by that. I know. It seems like he'd be mm-hmm. very meticulously. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, uh, this is hearsay. I wasn't there uh, to okay. see <laughs> that you he wasn't there. there. Yeah. I just sent emails being like, hey, is Wes Anderson there? And they were like, no, he's not. You so. know, <laughs> are you familiar with the movie Ringo? Yeah. Um. They filmed that movie, not filmed it. Wait. (laughs) (laughs) This is now a podcast about Ringo. (laughs) Save it for the Ringo episode. Well, I just wanted to say, you know, you mentioned they they recorded audio in the forest or whatever. Mm -hmm. For Ringo, they recorded all the audio performing the the movie. Like, they got all the actors together in a room and acted the movie out. Really? They they had costumes and props, and there's clips of this Hmm. in the making of. But they and they mic'd the room so they could use the audio for the movie. And so mm. I think that's a pretty cool and I actually yeah. really like that movie. That was I, Yeah, it was pretty good. Um I didn't expect to like it. I thought it was Yeah, great. yeah. Uh and so I think it's a neat, neat way to capture that performance. Huh. And just say, wanted to say that's better than just recording in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> what if they got all the actors together <laughs> in the woods? That'd be cool. To, yeah. Um, <laughs> Except for Bill Murray, eh, don't need him. <laughs> Another thing about uh, Mr. Fox is the he wanted uh, all the fur to be actual animal hair, mm. and the uh, animators were like, "Well, that, if you do that, then the hair is going to move around while we're, uh, you know, changing the maquettes out." And he actually preferred that because, like, he wanted the movie yeah. to look kind of jittery and. Mm-hmm. Have that stop motionness yeah, that, uh, to it. Doctor Cats look to it. Yeah, Squiggle Vision. Yeah, he would. <laughs> Doctor Cats is a huge influence on him. I read that somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he sourced the animal fur from uh, ethically. Humane, yeah, ethical sources. Yeah. I I read that he pulled them out of animals one hair at a time. <laughs> Live animals. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes the animals would faint, and he'd wait for them to wake up again. <laughs> and one time, PETA tried to stop him, and Bill Murray was right there yeah, just, <laughs> with his hand extended. Yeah, he just like <laughs> deflected. Yeah. And then Bill Murray birthed a fox <laughs> for Wes Anderson to use the fur <laughs> of. That's how great he at is. scale. That's how yeah, he didn't charge he did anything. That all for scale. Yeah, no premium yeah. attached to that. Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, have you seen Life Aquatic? Yes. John. Technically, yes. Hmm. Now that can mean a lot of things. Yeah. Let's figure it out. All right. Don't tell us. Okay, I'm gonna say that he was in a room where it was playing but did not watch it. Like, you know, didn't dedicate his attention to it. That's my guess. What's your guess? Uh, he was strapped to a chair like <laughs> Clockwork Orange with his eyes peeled back uh-huh. and forced to watch it. But the audio was Dark Side of the Moon. <laughs> All right, John, what was That the sounds situation? better than the actual situation. I I went to see it and uh, I guess it was like a late show maybe, or I was just not into it, but I, I, I couldn't, 
I couldn't pay attention. Like, I think I sat there the whole time. I'm pretty sure <laughs> I did. But I occasionally, this doesn't happen a lot, but occasionally I will start to watch a movie and say no. Like, yeah. I, like physically, I'm there. My eyes are open. I'm watching the movie. Mm-hmm. But I, I refuse to let it allow it in <laughs> and i think this is one of those instances because i don't remember anything about it i'm just imagining like those you know those uh wind tunnels they have for cars where they shoot like steam over the car to see how the air oh yeah passes yeah but yeah i that's what i picture is you're sitting there and like the the video waves are just like cascading <laughs> over you <laughs> I do know I, I'm familiar with the soundtrack for that one, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know that one <laughs> is really an annoying. That that's like a very Wes Anderson-y film, yeah. and and I think that is maybe the one that would would annoy me the most if Royal Tenenbaums didn't exist. That's the one that came right after Tenenbaums, right? Uh, yeah. Because it's you know they've got their. Uh, so there. that's uh, Sue George. George. Yeah, George. yeah, and it's Say all it's Portuguese versions of David Bowie songs we know. Um, I could <laughs> I couldn't be less interested, uh, <laughs> uh, and and especially I when hate everyone Bowie. Was, I hate Portugal, and I hate well, songs. I just hate <laughs> the the whole like. Ooh, it's all Bowie, but it's uh, reimagined through this other language, and it's uh, all acoustic, and uh, he's actually in the movie, and he's playing all the time. It's like, okay, okay. <laughs> You're so clever. We get it. <laughs> also, they're all going to wear these red knit caps. and All right. I, I That one, that was... Didn't and they built the giant like set right? Um, I know that the cross section of the sub oh, or was that a model? Uh, I'm not sure. They they did get a, like a 50 year old boat that yeah. um, they used for the the main vessel. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that and and Bill Murray features heavily in that one. Yeah. So yeah, um, that uh, you know he's playing a character that's obviously based on Jacques Cousteau. Mm-hmm. Um, also in in Rushmore, um, the, the plot is kind of kicked into motion because uh, Max checks out a book by Jacques Cousteau, and then finds out that the teacher had also checked it out and mm. falls in love with her. Um, but in the uh, commentary for uh, Steve Zissou, mm-hmm. Life Aquatic, they talk about Jacques Cousteau, but they bleep it out every time they say something about it. So I wonder if there was something like they couldn't actually say uh, it was based on him oh, uh, for like oh, legal right, reasons right. or something hmm. or cause they didn't want to pay him. I don't know. Uh, I just thought that was interesting. I don't know. It sounds forced to me. <laughs> it, it's very possible. <laughs> it, the, they were just like pulling a little gimmick or something. Uh, for me, the, the Darjeeling limited is the one that I like remember the least. Like I, yeah, I, I never saw it, and I also can't <laughs> and remember. I definitely can't remember. <laughs> I don't remember uh, even the marketing for it. I, I yeah, I feel like it was a little bit quieter when it came out, but that's it's, what is it about? It, it's three brothers, and that's um, Adrian Brody, Jason Schwartzman, and um, who's the third? Is it one of the Wilsons? Owen Wilson, yeah, I think. Um, and they go to India and. 
yeah, it is Owen Wilson. That's right. Um, and you know, <coughs> find themselves. Um, but uh, he, I know that he like wrote that, having never been to India. And after he finished the script, he and uh, I, I want to say Schwartzman and I think Coppola. At, at least two of the Wilsons. No, no, no. I, I think Coppola, because Coppola is like his Schwartzman's like uncle or something. Oh. Um, and uh, when you say Coppola, Francis Ford. Okay. Um, and his his mom is. I think Rocky's girlfriend. What's her name? Adrian. Adrian, maybe. Oh wait, Schwartzman's mom. Schwartzman's mom. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, when he, when they did Rushmore, they interviewed eighteen hundred students for this role, and Schwartzman uh, came in his Rushmore jacket that he made himself, uh, and you know got the role. I wonder how much of it was like. Hey, Wes, <laughs> that kid's like Coppola's nephew. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're hired. <laughs> I, although I, I, Jason Schwartzman, you know, made an appearance in Moonrise Kingdom. Yeah. And, and I really like Jason Schwartzman whenever he shows up in a movie. He's, I do too. He's great. I think he's always really fun. He definitely, again. Not for John. It, no. I think he really only plays himself. Plays one character, but yeah. I happen to like it. Yeah. Was he in uh, Scott Pilgrim? Yes, he was. Yeah. Okay. He was uh, Gideon. I remember liking him in Scott Pilgrim. He's kind of different in that. A little bit. Yeah. Um, and he's different in uh, in Darjeeling. He's a lot more of a um, mature, conflicted character. Usually he's just kind of smug. <coughs> yeah. What? Uh, what? Should we talk about his uh, the the actors he's collected a bit more? Yeah, um, the Wilsons we've mentioned several times, Luke and Owen. Yeah, and let um, me let me say, uh, Owen Wilson stopped writing after Rushmore, and then he started using uh, Noah Baumbach as a writing partner for Royal Tenenbaums after that, and he did Squid and the Whale and um, Francis Ha. Francis Ha. Um, he just had one recently, uh, he did Greenberg. Oh yeah. yeah. And ben Stiller. With Ben Stiller. One yeah. One of Wes Anderson's people. Oh yeah. Um, uh, in Royal Tenenbaums, Ben Stiller's character and his sons all wear red track jackets right. all the time. And Ben Stiller asked him during production, like why? And he... Wes Anderson explained to him that it's because their mother died in an accident and he wants them to be like uh, highly visible to so that he can always spot them. <laughs> um, but really, he was just like, because I want them all to be wearing red track jackets. <laughs> uh, yeah, they've co- collaborated on a few. Uh, he was Noah Baumbach was a writer on Life Aquatic. And Fantastic Mr. Fox. I guess that's it. That's all they've uh, okay. collaborated on. And Noah Baumbach directed Greenberg, Francis Ha, While We're Young, Mistress America. Um, and many and more. Most recently, the Meyerowitz stories. Um, I feel like early uh, Wes Anderson 
had a different collection of actors than current Wes Anderson. He's he's kind of turned over a little bit, but uh, and I don't know if that's due to the actors themselves, sort of, um, either you know not wanting to be acting anymore, or if Wes Anderson is more interested in you know a different stable of actors right now. Because um, oh, I don't think that's unusual though. Like the going back to that commonality of like Tarantino and. Mm-hmm. Uh, even like Tim Burton, like the there seems to yeah. be phases. Yeah, sure. yeah. People kind of come and go over time. And but then there are some that are always there, right? So Sam Jackson seems to always be in a Quentin Tarantino film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bill Murray is always in a uh, Wes Anderson film. Jason Hughes was Bill Murray in Grand Budapest Hotel. Yes, but it's only like. A, a small part. I, yeah. can, I don't okay. even remember what it was, but, um, uh, oh no. Yeah. I was going to say, uh, Natalie Portman's in Darjeeling limited. I don't even remember her. I just read this. Uh, <laughs> she flew over for like 30 minutes of filming and like, and then was done and spent a week in India traveling around. <laughs> but she's like credited as the girl, with a scarf on and a rope or something like, it's, huh. you know, she's just in the background or something. Has she been in other ones? No. Okay. <clears throat> so who are his actors? Bill Murray, the Wilsons. Schwartzman. Uh, Schwartzman. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ed Norton. Which one? So which <clears throat> other ones has Ed Norton been in? Isn't he in the new one? I, I think he's in Isle of his, Dogs. He's, I love dogs. he's a voice yeah. actor in Isle of Dogs. In Isle of Dogs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but so he's recently collected. Well, no, I, yeah, since <coughs> Moonrise Kingdom was yeah. his first, yeah. So it's only two. Yeah. And one of those isn't even out yet. Was he in Budapest? Who was in Grand Budapest? Uh, Ray Fiennes. Um, he's also, there. like, uh, there's a guy uh, named, uh, I want to get this right. There's a guy who uh, worked at a coffee shop in his hometown <laughs> that he put into Bottle Rocket, mm-hmm. and he's he's an uh, Indian guy that, uh, has just played a lot of smaller parts, but not like extra parts. Mm-hmm. Um, Edward Norton is in Grand Budapest Hotel. Uh, Kumar Palana is his name. Um, and he went on to do a few other movies. Hmm. Uh, and then I mentioned... Uh, <laughs> In uh, Bottle Rocket, the guy that plays Future Man is one of the Wilsons. Right. Uh, in Royal Tenenbaums, they... Wait, is it... Yeah. Yeah. I think that Royal Tenenbaums, they talk about a BB getting stuck in one of their hands mm-hmm. when they were a kid. They got shot with a BB gun. And that's a true story about Future Man. <laughs> and so they use his hand in the shot for it. So, <laughs> so he's in it. Yeah. <laughs> And the BB. The <laughs> <laughs> BB. Uh, was, is Bruce Willis been in a lot of them? I don't think so. I, I think, think it's he's just that, that one. just in the one, but uh, Harvey Keitel, uh, Tilda Swinton, mm-hmm. um, Adrian Brody. Yeah. He's got a thing for guys with weird noses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he does. Oh, hold on. We've got somebody with an Owen Wilson impression over here. <laughs> <laughs> it's gone. 
All of cats. I've got another game for you. It's a new game. Okay. Oh. Uh, it doesn't have a name. Wow. What's it called? Uh, uh, salute my shorts. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I'm going to name a bunch of names, and you tell me if they're a Wes Anderson short or something I made up. Okay. Oh, I like this game. All right. Wait, wait. How does this work? Do we both answer? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Hotel Chevalier. Short. Made up. It's a short. <laughs> <laughs> These are all going to be shorts, <laughs> and I'm just going to say made up every time. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> a village in Buckinghamshire. <laughs> short. Made up. Made up. <laughs> uh, so, um, fuck, which movie was it? Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think, yeah, Grand Budapest Hotel. No. Damn it. Short. <laughs> uh, was, it was based on a place that uh, Raul Dahl lived and worked. Oh, okay. Hmm. Um, which was a, a village in Buckinghamshire. Uh, the Great Missenden. Short. Short. Uh, made up. That was the name of the village in Buckinghamshire <laughs> that they stayed <laughs> uh, <clears throat> Let's see. Uh, Prada Candy. <laughs> Short. Made up. Short. God. Uh, Kumar Palana travels to the snowy chateau. Short. Made up. It's made up. Uh, Kumar Palana was in his movies. Yeah, we knew that. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> travels to the snowy chateau is like Kumar goes to White Castle. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, cousin Ben Troop screening with Jason Schwartzman. <laughs> Short. Made up. Short. Uh, Indian Corn Magazine. <laughs> made up made up made up that's the uh magazine that ed norton reads in moonrise kingdom that's right hmm. uh and there are a bunch of corn references in that for some reason hmm. um american express my life my card short <laughs> that is a short that is a short i remember that that's one of the, my my favorite Wes Anderson films. <laughs> so uh, Bill I'll Murray only that. made scale on that one. <laughs> uh, I'll stop with that one because that is a um, basically a parody of his movies that yeah. he directed himself right. and stars in, uh, where he's making oh yeah. a yes movie. on a train right? Yeah. No, 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 no. It's it's like uh, it's just uh, yeah, it's Jason Schwartzman and I don't remember who the other actor is oh, in yeah. it. But it's like two guys who are like arguing and one of them gets into a car and the car drives off and then it explodes and then it pulls back and they're on set and he's directing them. And then it's like one of those long panning shots where he like walks through all the production that's going on and people are like coming up to him and like, uh, you know, showing him things for the next scene and all this stuff. And then he gets on a crane at the end and says, and I think they showed it before movies, didn't they? I don't remember it. I just saw it on YouTube. I remember seeing it when it was being shown, and I feel like it was in theaters, you know, like a, one of the commercials before a movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but I do that for some reason that has always stuck in my head. Yeah. That commercial. What's the one with the train that I'm thinking of then? Don't know. Is that Darjeeling Limited? No, <laughs> no. It was. It was more. Is it Murder on the Orient Express? Buddha. <laughs> <laughs> no, I. I uh, Did you let that movie in? Which what the Murder train one? on the Orient Express. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, that wasn't a Wes Anderson movie, so that one was fine. <laughs> uh, no, there was one on the train with uh, Adrian Brody as like a train conductor. And Snowpiercer. So Darjeeling <laughs> Limited. <laughs> well, I, I can't if you can find goes, it, put it in the show notes. All right. It's a short, and I, I, I feel like it was a commercial venture. It was like a, a an American Express type yeah. production, but backtrack, uh, maybe. Hmm. Twenty fifteen. But yeah, so this parody, like. This is one of those things that uh, has almost become a meme uh, where people do... H&M? Oh, Wes yeah. Wes Anderson's H&M commercial. Yeah, that could be. It was like the Here H&M holiday commercial or something. Oh. Yeah. I'm watching it right now. Oh, wait. No, I'm not. Nope. <laughs> but we believe it exists. Oh, yeah. It's four minutes long. H&M holiday Christmas film featuring Adrian Brody... By the Fashion Channel. Oh, yeah. This is Wes Anderson. No doubt about oh, it. Oh, yeah. Sure I remember that. Have you that. seen I, that? I haven't seen it. You're I, the That guy. was on my list of shorts. Yeah. I haven't seen all the shorts. You're Mr. Wes Anderson. Yeah, you're Stu Wessard of this <laughs> episode. <laughs> Did you call me a stewardess? Yeah. You asshole. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I was going to say that the, there's a thing where you can, like, look up, like, um, there's a... Shining, if Wes Anderson had directed, called the Grand Overlook Hotel, where they <laughs> edit. Oh yeah, yeah, different mixtures of the. I would movies. like to see uh, him direct, you know, like a Star Wars movie. Well, so there, there is uh, <laughs> Conan O'Brien. Oh, did, you told me about yeah, that. Yeah, did a. Uh, it was his audition tape to direct <laughs> Episode Seven. Mm. And um, I yeah I told you about this when we left the other day, but <coughs> there's a shot where it's the um, Han shooting. You keep saying episode seven, six, seven, seven, yeah, four, no, seven. It's his audition Han tape. Shoot first in seven. Yes, it's a tape he made. <laughs> okay. <laughs> to convince <laughs> Disney to let him direct episode seven. Okay, okay. And so he reshoots scenes <laughs> from okay. other movies. Oh, okay, I see. And so one of them's the Han shot first scene. And um, and is this is Greedo. Is that his name? Yeah. Yeah. God, come on, Lucas. You can do better than that. <laughs> um. So Greedo's like, uh, you owe me money, and he's like, oh, let me see what I got. And he, he like reaches into his pocket, and then you see the table, and he puts out like three buttons, different <laughs> colors, a uh, playing card, a uh, jack, and it's just like you know perfectly laid out. It's <laughs> great. Um. They also did the SNL did uh. This was probably the best of them they they did a horror movie uh directed by wes anderson <coughs> and the name of it is and and they have alec baldwin doing the voiceover for it um it's i don't even know how to say this word the midnight coterie of sinister intruders is the name of it <laughs> fantastic uh there's a x-men one we're gonna have x-men x-men you haven't seen that i love the x-men yeah and it's this the school for gifted youngsters, so it has uh, kind of a Rushmore feel to good. it. Yeah. 
That uh, was an SNL thing? No, I don't know what that is, mm. but it's it's pretty well produced. It's probably I like see that because I love the X Men. <laughs> well, check out the show notes. <laughs> There's also an Instagram feed that I noticed uh, is now uh, affiliated with the archive. What Instagram feed? <laughs> <laughs> uh, what? Uh, it's called accidental. Yeah, accidental. Accidentally, Wes Anderson. No. Why is yes. it affiliated with the archive? Well, just I added them because uh when oh yeah that's another thing when we showed up to do the podcast i intentionally dressed in my curling outfit <laughs> with a skull cap on that uh looked like a wes anderson character and when i got here john was already accidentally dressed as a wes anderson character because he lives in a wes anderson world oh yeah 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 uh so we took a picture of that and put it on the instagram it'll likely be the album art <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'll do a few things to it, but uh, yeah, Angie was upset that I didn't take it into Photoshop and you know add some bright colors to it or something. Uh, I yeah. won't be adding bright colors. Maybe I will I'll since be adding Drew's la- lazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I think that pretty much wraps it up. Yeah. You what do you what What do you want to see Wes Anderson do next? I can guarantee you that if you had asked me that question, Isle of Dogs is not I what dogs. I would have answered. Uh, but whatever, like if I if what if I were asked that question, yeah, and and now I'm asking, um, what do you want him to do next? TV. I want him to stop A making movies. Television series. Yeah. On what platform? NBC. How many of the CW? A mini series or a full run? I'll give him the full run. How many seasons? One. Genre? <laughs> um, I want him to do a game show. Okay. I also <laughs> want him to do a television show. Mm-hmm. And I want it to be a police procedural. Ooh. I'd watch I want that. it to run for 25 seasons. <laughs> <laughs> Full 23 episode orders on each. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, <clears throat> I want him to. Uh, I want him to just become a cinematographer or a videographer for uh, ESPN. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, I would like that. Yeah, yeah. that'd be great. Well, uh, creepers, let us know what you want Wes Anderson to do next. That's right. And then Nick will email him because... Well, he'll email his uncle, who likely knows Wes, right? Yeah, they're friends. Yeah. Uh, Do you guys have any plugs? No. All right. Well, thanks for listening to the (laughs) archive. And remember, if you have a subject that you'd like to hear an hour of conversation about, but no more, hit us up in the comments on our website, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter... Search our archive because it's a word we made up that no one has ever used besides us. And you'll hear us next week on the archive. Put it in the archive. Archive. Next time on the archive. Russell
ニア